and welcome to Feature Favorites, the podcast where I, Peter, discuss some of my favorite movies, or in this case, one of my favorite filmed plays. This week, we will be discussing the late 2000s, I don't remember the specific year, late 2010s, filmed play called The Puffs. This is actually a filmed version of an off-Broadway show. I think I'm going to try a little bit of a new format for this episode. Instead of basically like walking you through the movie and giving you my commentary, I'm going to do more of a loose outline of the movie and put my thoughts in the middle. I kind of want to make this a little bit of a quicker episode, see how more of like a half hour, 45 minute episode works instead of about an hour long. The show begins in a letting you know that this is a filmed play. So the person over the loudspeaker is talking to the crowd. There is an actual crowd, people laughing throughout the movie, everything like that. Production person tells you, both people in the theater and you, the actual person watching, that this is a filmed production. So if you want to go to the bathroom, go now. And if you want to open any snacks, Just make sure you make a show of it. And then we start with the introduction of the narrator. The narrator makes it sound like he's going to be introducing Harry Potter. And he talks a little bit of Harry, but then says, this is not our person. We're going to be talking about somebody else. And he introduces Wayne Hopkins, a boy also born to two parents who passed when he was very young. Wayne's parents die in a freak chocolate frog accident. And once they're dead, he is sent over to Catapoke Springs, New Mexico, where he's raised by his uncle. Wayne is like any other 90s kid. This movie slash play is full of a bunch of 90s and Harry Potter references and jokes that is meant for fans. Like this is a full on fan treat. You learn that Wayne is the epitome of a 90s kid because you see him having to blow out a game cartridge in order to make it work again. And that is just fully us. Like if you if you were part of my age group, you know exactly what that means. We fast forward years and Wayne gets his letter to go to Hogwarts and his uncle says, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, you're a wizard and so are your parents. Also, you're British. Once they make it to the magic school, which they call a a school for male magic and female magic. The narrator does make a funny joke of we're about to take an in-depth look into the next seven years across five hours and in two parts, but then a record scratch stops him and he questions looking into the spotlight saying, what? 90-ish minutes. Then he restarts by saying, we'll be taking a, a look into the next seven years. After Wayne is sorted into Hufflepuff, after talking in line with Harry Potter, we get to meet all the different puffs throughout the, or all the different main character puffs that'll take place throughout the show. The main people that we discuss will be Jay Finch Fletchley, Susie Bones, Wayne Hopkins, our main character, Hannah, Ernie Mack, Oliver Rivers, Sally Perks, Leanne, and the goth girl Megan. Our main trio, much like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, is made up of Wayne, Oliver, and Megan. 
each of the characters has a fun little intro line, which I really like. The best one is definitely Susie Bones, who says, Hi, my name's Susie Bones. And once upon a time, my entire family was murdered, except for me and my aunt. She just is that sort of somber, essentially a goth kid versus Megan being more emo. It's great. She has, that actress has some of the best little parts throughout the show. The same girl who plays Susie Bones is also Harry Potter throughout the show. She, you get to notice that throughout the show, a lot of people are playing many different roles because I think there's probably a max cast of like 10 people, but they're playing like a cacophony of roles throughout the entire show. At the beginning of each book slash movie, essentially, the narrator starts it off with a fun little like title based off of, instead of Harry Potter and the blank, it's the Puffs and blank. So the first year he introduces as year one, the Puffs and the Sorcerer's attempt at earning points and making friends. After all the little Puffs are introduced, the audience fanfare introduces Cedric Diggory, popular and peppy. He tells all the Puffs about the things going on and people will make jokes about you, throw food at you, and they might even curse you. And then from the ceiling drops a list of curses that people might curse upon you in the next couple days. Cedric introduces the house cup and how every year the puffs come last, but he wants to get them to first. But you know what? Maybe not first, maybe not second. They should shoot for third place, which then leads to a call out amongst all the puffs saying third or nothing. Wayne hears whoever gets the most points would be a real hero. And Wayne wants that to be him. We learn a couple little things about each of the little main characters. Megan's mom is a dark wizard who worked for the Dark Lord. Leanne's a little dumb. She doesn't even know what a bunk bed is. And we also learn that Oliver is from New Jersey. At this point, you get a little like sigh or laugh from the audience. And as a New Jersey person, I don't, I resent that laugh. The Puffs get to cycle through classes and there's a fun joke of basically in every every other class, the teachers will come in all serious, then realize it's Puffs, and they'll say, oh, Puffs, until they finally get to Herbology, and Professor Sprout walks in and says, class, we're going to look at plants, and all the Puffs cheer. Fast forward to Halloween, the troll is introduced just like in the books in the movie. This time, the boys go out to find Megan so that she can't be losing any points. We get to see Ron and her Harry talking. In this case, Harry, played by the girl who also plays Susie Bones, and Ron is played by a broom. The little comedy acting of there's the girl that plays Harry, and then each time you see Ron and Hermione, they're played by like a broom and a really crazy wig head. But like, that's it. There's no actors playing them. We get a scene of the main characters bonding and becoming becoming a friend group. And they even get to look in the mirror of Erised. The narrator does state that this wasn't the only important friendship formed on Halloween night that year. And we get a little bit of Harry, Ron, and Hermione becoming friends. Cedric helps Wayne with a Lumos spell. 
flash forward to the end of that year, Dumbledore announces that the Puffs are in third place and he gives the, but he gives all the points away back to Ron, Hermione, Harry, and Neville, thus pushing the Puffs back into fourth place. The Puffs get sad because they lost their third place momentum and joy. But Leanne comes up and says, don't be sad. This year we learned skills, built friendships, and nobody died except for that teacher. What a year! The like blind enthusiasm of some of these kids is very funny, but it's very puffy. So it's very fitting. And we move on quickly to year two. The puffs and the year an ancient snake attacked students. Oliver's doing bad in all of his classes because he just doesn't understand magic. He's a muggle born student. And the only class he really does well in was when he accidentally stumbles into a muggle studies class. We get to see the dueling scene from the movie. And once Harry speaks crazily to the snake, everybody thinks that Justin is in danger. So they agree to keep him safe as long as he stays in the common room. He then decides to leave and gets petrified. Wayne wants to go out and get glory and find the monster and save the school. He runs into Ginny, who has a super high-pitched voice. Ginny is played by the same girl that plays Hannah. Leanne, the dumb one. She drops the diary, and as Wayne tells her, like, oh, you forgot this, she's, like, whining and crying about it. And Wayne suggests, oh, well, if you want to get rid of it, why not, like, try to flush it down a toilet or something? And she takes his idea and goes. Then you hear that Dumbledore has announced that Hogwarts could never close. But then, oh, no, a redhead has been kidnapped. Everybody has to leave. Oh, wait. Never mind. Harry has saved the day. The world claps. The new trio decides over the summer to send letters to each other. They're going to have to send the same letter written out two times to, to each other. And then the same responses back to everybody. It's a very weird way of how else are we going to get a three-way phone call between the three main characters. At the end of the letter scene, Megan says, this year's going to get very serious. Year three, the puffs in pajamas because a mass murderer has gotten into the school. Megan decides to spend the year with the Braves, what they call the Gryffindors in this version, because the gr- everything notable happens to the Braves. Leanne says that she's going to have a slumber party in the Great Hall and invites everybody to come, but a lot of people aren't responding well, so she gets kind of sad. This is also the year when all of the boys start to realize, oh, wait, girls are hot. So they are all nervous about like, oh, what do we do? What's happening? The girl who plays Hannah gets to play a whole round of teachers. She goes from Trelawney to the McGonagall to different elective teachers. You get to see her even as a muggle studies teacher. This is when Oliver stumbles into muggle studies. The headmaster who following the transition from the second into the third movie is now played by a different actor announces that a murder in the school, the murder is in the school and everybody should go to the great hall. And of course, Leanne is excited now that everybody has shown up to her slumber party. We get a story of how the school started. It's fun because you get to see a couple of the students make it as if it's like little hand puppets and Ravenclaw wants kids who are smart. Gryffindor wants 
kids who are brave and Slytherin wants rich, snooty, assholes. And just as Helga is about to say what she wants or the students that she wants, the story gets interrupted. Megan is lashing out because she's mad. And once she's finally released all of her anger yelling, the boys realize that she just needs friendship. And Megan is lashing out because she wants to prove herself to not be a puff. She wants to be so different from her puff family. She even got rid of her accents. Once Megan apologizes and the puffs hug, it's announced that the next day the students get to go in Hogsmeade and you get a quick scene of all the different puffy kids as just completely drunk and getting progressively drunker. And quickly we move to year four, the puffs and the year that they mattered. The new Dumbledore introduces the new kids coming in quickly. Fleur, the girl who plays Leanne, comes out in a beret holding a baguette, says something very stereotypical in French, and then goes, wee oui, wee oui, baguette. The guy who plays Jay Finch comes out of another door acting as Victor. And I just love the line that he says. He goes, if he dies, he dies. I feel like that's from something which I don't know, but it's just very funny. Cedric is announced to be the Hogwarts rep in the Triwizard Tournament. And the Puffs cheer saying that this year is going to be all about the Puffs and nobody can take this away from them until the fire shoots out another name and it's Harry. And of course, this is the moment when we get the stereotypical joke of Dumbledore screaming, Harry! But then immediately changing into a soft, did you put your name in that cup over there? I'm the picture of calm right now. As everybody walks out and leaves, we see Harry fighting with the broom, aka Ron. And once they fight, Harry drops the broom. Oliver goes to pick him up and cheer him up. But Ron, quote unquote, tells him off. So he says like, oh, well, no wonder you're the worst one in your family. Wayne and Cedric talk about what what sort of monster could be the very first task. And if you look at the book that Wayne is holding, there's different drawings of like Daleks and even a picture of Snuffleupagus, which is amazing and beautiful. The Snuffleupagus picture, I love. But Harry comes in and tells him, dragons, it's dragons. After we get to see the whole first task, they get the egg and everybody is trying to figure out how to open the egg, how to open the egg. Wayne suggests, oh, well, whenever I need to think about something, I just go take a bath. And that's when Mad-Eye Moody steps in and says, take it to the bath, Diggory. And we get to meet Moaning Myrtle. Again, Moaning Myrtle is played by the same actress who does Harry and Susie Bones. And I'm already going to spoiler alert later. This actress is my favorite character slash character actress throughout the whole show. More about that later. We again get another joke that's foreseen. Everybody is getting ready for the second task. And the announcer is making it seem like it's going to be a crazy, exciting thing. And then everybody dives in the water and they stand out, stand up on top, looking down at nothing. And they have to wait until they come out. 
after a bonding scene between Wayne and Cedric, we get the scene of the maze, the final task. Cedric comes out first and everybody's like, oh, look at him. Why is he taking a nap? And then we get the biggest sad part of the play. He's passed. The narrator comes out again to try to cheer up the audience. And he passes out tissues to the first row and goes, this is a Puffs brand tissue. And we quickly move on to year five. And the narrator pulls out a giant book because year five is, or book five is the biggest of all the books. And it's the Puffs and the year they, the year we will get through quickly. Wayne is heartbroken about the death of Cedric and he's drunk and basically going on a rage. This is the fastest year. So we do storm through. We learn that a couple Puffs are part of Albus's army and Megan and Oliver have just started have started to develop feelings for each other. Wayne apologizes for being a little angsty and everything gets back to normal. But that's when the students come in and announce that the Dark Lord is back. The same actor who was Cedric now makes his introduction as Voldemort, but he's wearing like a silk PJ robe, a like a swimmer's cap like a pore strip across his nose and then like pajamas. It's just really great. He changes his entire speech pattern. He's very dramatic. He extends words, makes them very long and drawn out. And we also learned that in the play, instead of them being called death eaters, they're called death buddies. <laughs> when the dark Lord is told that he doesn't need to a broom anymore to fly. They can just like do it. He says that the death buddy who gave him this news will be rewarded. And what is he going to reward him with? A show of affection, which leads to an incredibly awkward Voldemort hug, which Voldemort is known for. And just before we introduce year six, we find out who is back. Mrs. Jones. Megan's mother, who's sort of introduced earlier in the show as like the Bellatrix character, is now back. She's crazy. She's on the loose and she's out for Megan. And here we enter year six, Puffs and the Mummy Returns. Megan and Oliver think that we needs to see a girl. Like he... He's getting lonely. He needs a girlfriend. And Wayne says, don't worry, I'll be fine. The only way that will really like make me angry is if the school suddenly becomes super sexual. And because it's year six, what does it do? Gets incredibly sexual. This reminds me of back when the sixth Harry Potter like trailer came out. I saw a bunch of things on YouTube and it was like sort of became viral across like Tumblr and stuff of people re-editing the trailer for the sixth movie with different music as if it were a teen rom-com instead of a Harry Potter movie. And it like really weirdly worked, but it was really funny to see how everything changed around. Okay, back to the story. In order to avoid the super sexuality, Wayne decides he's gonna try out for the sports team. They can't call it Quidditch, so here they call it the sports team. At this point in the show, if you are watching it live on Broadway, 
the actor who plays the coach of the sports team actually gets to improv every night and gets to do different little monologues. I saw it originally in a theater as part of like a Fathom event. So you get a little subtitle across the bottom of the screen that says the actor for this scene gets to improvise each night and tries to get the other characters to break. This is what happened the night that we filmed. The guy playing the coach gets to, has his monologue and you soon realize that he's actually just explaining the plot line of 27 Dresses starring Katherine Heigl. The other actors on stage are barely holding it together. A lot of them even break quickly into this. And it just leads to essentially a five to seven minute scene of this actor improvising how he is the James James Marsters character and he made this girl fall in love with him. But just as the scene ends, he's like, and then I obliviated her memory so I could come back and be the coach of the the sports team. Megan's mom comes in after this and kidnaps Megan by luring her using a note written by Oliver. Once Megan is captured, her mom, Xavier Jones, takes her away and leads her to where Oliver is also tied up. Megan's happy to see her mom, but Oliver is definitely not seeing that he's been kidnapped too. When Wayne finds them, Megan's mom ties them him up too. And Megan's mom is basically goading her to try to prove herself by hurting Wayne and Oliver, like prove that she's not a puff, prove that she's a strong witch too. Megan refuses. And then Megan's mom goes as if to kill them. But surprisingly, she can't do it. Megan's, we learned that Megan's mom has never actually killed somebody. And then spoiler alert for the end of the sixth Harry Potter book, leave now if you don't know any of these Harry Potter things. But we get the scene of Dumbledore dying, but only from the view of the kids down on the field. Fearing the interception of their letters between the three students over the summer, Wayne, Oliver, and Megan start AIM chat room. You get the different noises of like the door opening and the door closing like you do in AIM to correspond. Oliver lets everybody know that he's actually going to go on the run and he wipes his parents' memory. He says, I think I wiped it. I may have actually just turned their heads into oranges, but I'm not sure. And we get the title card for year seven, the puffs and the time that Harry came back and caused a war at school. Megan and Wayne are still at school and Wayne thinks that everybody will be fine as long as Harry is gone. And of course, in the perfect timing of Harry, Harry walks back in and basically gets everybody to decide to fight for him. And just as they all agree to fight, he says, okay, I'm going to go find a tiara. I think this is probably one of the best parts of the whole show, this next scene. The guy playing Voldemort is up on the balcony of the theater, like up amongst the crowd with a little bullhorn megaphone thing. And he's yelling out to the rest of the crowd. This is supposed to be the scene where in the great hall, 
Voldemort gets into everybody's brain and tells them, like, give me Harry and I won't hurt you. But it's just the way this actor performs the speech. It's great. You get the feedback on the microphone, the typical joke of him leaving the microphone on when he's turning away and talking to somebody else. At the very end, there's a bit where he starts saying something and then he goes, oh, am I still on? After this, all the puffs agree that even though they might die, they have to stay and fight. Leanne gives a great pep talk speech thing, rounding up the troops and gets all of the puffs to agree to stay. And Megan even finally claims her puff status. And this is when the war breaks out. The puffs are fighting. Everybody gets their own little moment. Jay Finch gets to fight. Hannah gets to finally bully somebody else after she's been bullied the whole show. And I should mention now, because I haven't mentioned it before, the set of the show is literally just four doors across the whole stage. And you basically work around that set. It's a very low budget show. So, of course, if you have a set with multiple doors, what are we going to get at this point in the show? A Scooby-Doo style chase scene with little spurts of Harry sort of going in and out of like, oh, I found the diadem. Oh, I've broken the cup. Like all of those little things. But it's focusing on the puffs, their battle scenes. Oliver eventually comes back to help fight. He's using his skills in math to and like a protractor to direct which where you should point your spell in order to get the target once they take out a bunch of people Megan's mom pops back in and she still can't kill anyone Megan tells her it's just simple it's two words and when her mom finally does it she's so surprised that it's so easy and she's affected by it and she even tells Megan like I can't do this she gives Megan her wand and just leaves she's like if you survive this, come find me. I've got a lot of birthday presents to catch up on for you. Megan's mom fully admits her puff status and says she just can't do it. As she's leaving, she says one of the funniest lines, but also one of the most realistic lines. She says, who would have thought the people in the hoods in the mass would be so wrong? We enter a sort of sad bit in the show. Throughout the little battle scenes, we actually end up losing a couple of the puffs. Sally Perks passes. Jay Finch Fletchley gets killed. After a badass fight scene, Leanne gets killed. And in a quiet moment, as the trio re reemerges together, they get hit by a spell and Wayne is dead. Our main character has passed into the afterlife. And he walks in to an all-white train platform, just like the movie. And who is there waiting for him? Dumbledore. Dumbledore is a little surprised. He's like, oh, um, I wasn't actually expecting you. I was waiting for Harry. Uh, mm, but I guess I can help. <laughs> Wayne basically tells him how mad he is of why did I have to die? what's going on and Dumbledore actually gives him a very nice pep talk but at the end 
he sort of has to give him a, okay, um, can you go? I sort of need to finish this so I can talk to Harry. And Wayne goes. Wayne doesn't get to come back like Harry does. And that is the end of year seven. But don't worry. The narrator comes back and says, don't worry, we're here for our last obligatory segment. 19 years later, on the train platform getting ready, Megan and Oliver, who have grown up, Megan is still a little bit seen emo girl, but she's more mature now. Oliver's that sort of nerdy dad with the pocket protector still. And we finally get to realize who the narrator has been this whole time. The narrator is Megan and Oliver's son. He gets a pep talk from his parents saying that like you, you can be wherever you want to be. It's meant to reflect, obviously, the Harry pep talk that he gives to Albus Severus. And Megan and Oliver send him off on the train and laugh about the corny names that his, the kids have come up with or the parents have come up with for their kids. And the movie, the movie slash show ends on a positive note, learning that Megan and Oliver have named their son Wayne. Okay. After this very quick tour of the movie Puffs, let's get to some questions. Why is this movie one of my favorites? Um, well, I, I used to work at a movie theater back in like 2016, 2017 times. And I actually really liked it. Um, and I was just casually doing my thing when I found out that a Fathom event, which is basically like a specialty movie that only gets played in a couple theaters, was going to be a off-Broadway show that was sort of a Harry Potter comedy spoof would be showing once in theaters as like a very special showing. So of course, I literally took the day off to go watch it. I don't know if it was just because these this was the sort of pop culture zeitgeist of when I was growing up, but the show was full of basically any little joke that'll make me laugh. And I've since bought the movie because it was like on sale on Amazon one day or something. And I can just, I'll watch it or constantly. I'll even show my friends who haven't seen it or even heard of it, the show, just because I want other people to laugh at the jokes with me. Question two is which side character gave my favorite performance of the show? I would have to say this is completely the girl who plays Harry, Susie Bones, and Moaning Myrtle. I believe the actress's name is Madeline. And from what I've heard based off of like other podcasts or like behind the scenes stuff, she actually did all the costuming and set design for the show as well, which is really cool because she was with them from the very start. And the videotape version that I saw is probably like two years into their run. So she, or maybe like a year and a half in, but she got a lot. And as the show changed theaters, she basically got to change the set and change all of the show or change all of the little props in the show. And not only does she do well in that, but she also does really fun in the acting that she does. 
next question is, do I believe that if a partner, friend, or anybody that I was interested in didn't like this movie, would it be a deal breaker? I wouldn't say so, but this is one of those movies that I will go back and watch as like a comfort movie. So if they hate it, it's not going to be my favorite. But like, if I know that they don't like it, it's not something I'll force them to watch. I will try to get you to watch it and see if you like it. But if you hate it, I'm not going to make you continue watching it or keep watching it. For this one, I'm not going to do our question of who would I cast as the main characters? Because honestly, if they did a recast of this, it should just be sort of like high school. I want to see like a high school theater production of this, not like a movie version. I want them to redo this as a high school theater production and like just imagine like the corny little kids in the theater department from your high school doing this play. Like that's what I want to see. I know this episode was a little fast and a little bit different than our normal episodes. Um, If you would like to follow the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at feature favorites pod, or you can follow me myself over at P-E-T-E-M-A-L-I. That's Pete Malley on Instagram. I usually release episodes every Wednesday morning. So be on the lookout. If you would like to be in a future episode of Feature Favorites, go ahead and message me on either my personal account or on the podcast Instagram. Let me know if you liked how this episode went versus last episode. This was a little quicker. I tried to get through it more more faster. I know that's horrible grammar. Um, And thank you for listening to Feature Favorites Pod. Goodbye.